sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. and parastalkers, grand poopas and the darksiders. You are with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live Radio for Spooky Sundays. Hello, Renata. How are you doing? I'm doing superbly, Miss Anne. I feel like I've got my little uh, introduction a little bit muddled up there, but I didn't do it the normal way. We're, We're sort of out of our practice now, aren't we? Skedaddling off all over the bloody place. Yeah, well, we, we had one uh, evening in studio, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome to get back into it. And thank you, everyone, who posted uh, comments um, that evening. It was really fabulous to see all of your comments coming through. Yeah. And, of course, we have a new name for uh, Christy's spot oh, as well. I can't believe. Thank you, thank you, thank you everyone. can't thank believe you, so you buggers picked that one. Oh, Christy's G spot, spiritual G spot. Oh, spiritual G spot. So Christy's spiritual G spot. Okay, so that's the what sort of gives her a bit of a buzz. Well, <laughs> I was not, I didn't want to say spiritually. Tickle. Didn't want to say tickle or fancy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad we've clarified that. Um, but yes, yes. Yeah. So we are currently uh, on Norfolk Island. Yes, can't you tell? There's the breeze swaying through the Norfolk pines mm-hmm. and there's someone playing a ukulele and Liz is singing. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. she's not. Yeah. No, we're probably out. Um, we'll be investigating. Exploring somewhere. Ooh, we could be at the duplex. We could be at the duplex. Oh, I do like the duplex. Scary as all hell. Oh, that's one of the few places in the world that's actually scared yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Driving anywhere around there in the night's a bit scary. I know, you might hit a chicken or a cow. <laughs> we love Norfolk Island. We this do. is probably going to be my fifth visit or something weird like that. I did a bit of a count up the other day. This will be my fourth. Mm-hmm. And it's your fifth yep. because she decided to I'm travel a re- without a, me before. I'm a repeat offender. <laughs> anyway, look, it's it's. Uh, paranormal news time. So yes. do you have a story for us, Renata? Yes, I do. I do. And um, it features one of those lovely things we just love to talk about, and that's creepy dolls. Oh, dolls. Dolls are bound. I know. I know. Right. It's a dolls type of month, it really. Is. It is. Yeah. And this story actually comes from Texas. <gasps> Texas mm. has a horse house in it. But it's <laughs> it's also really associated one with one of the True Hauntings podcasts that is going to come up about creepy dolls. Oh. So, yeah, yeah okay. there's, there's kind of, yeah, a bit of a, 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 a mingling thing yeah, happening. Just remember they can't see your fingers when you do that on radio, <laughs> Renata. <laughs> okay. So creepy dolls keep washing up on shoreline as locals fear they could be haunted. Dolls are washing up. Yes. Wish I'd come wash up at my house. Yeah, so scientists who regularly visit a Texas beach for research say they've found more than 30 dolls during their survey of the 40-mile tw- coastline for turtles, marine mammals and endangered <laughs> Bird species. Creepy dolls keep washing up on the same beach, but no one knows where they come from. Mm. Scientists who regularly visit a Texas beach for research say they've been left spooked after finding dozens of dolls washed up, and these dolls are spooky as. I wonder if they've come from uh, a certain island in Mexico. <laughs> 
possibly possibly. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I know. Uh, so when I, I came upon this story, I, hope I you wiped, thought wiped it off and apologized. Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I found so many connections. Mm. Um, it and has been a, a dull couple. It of does. Weeks. It has. It has. We did a dull story last week. Mm-hmm. And um, I will post up some of the photos of this, these spooky dolls that they're finding. And, and that, look, it's just really weird. And, of course, some of them are covered with seaweed and sand and, uh, and they're limbless and, oh, God. A little bit of a sushi doll. Yes. So speaking to Ms. McClatch, McClatchy News, it's a fun news <laughs> McClatchy. place. McClatchy, McClatchy News, Mr. Tunnel. That's his name, Jace Tunnel, um, said, we're actually doing scientific work, work, but the dolls dolls are a perk, he says. Oh, that's a rhyme. He's a poet and didn't know it. (laughs) So they visit the beach twice a week and keep finding these dolls. The team combs the 40-mile stretch of shoreline to survey the coast for turtles, marine mammals and endangered birds. Tunnel, who is the director of the Mission Arkansas Reserve, says their Facebook page has gone viral since they began uploading photos of the dolls. Mm, everyone loves a haunted doll. They do. Look, I, I reckon I reckon that's going to be our forte. Oh, I, I, we? I, we're going to create haunted dolls. Now, if anyone has a haunted doll that they would like to send to us, we do have a post office box. I'll get that for you while Renata's uh, still mm-hmm. talking. Yep. He said they found at least 30 dolls before he started sharing the team's findings online. He said every day is something new. Just when you think you found everything that could possibly wash up on shore, something else comes up. He added, the creepiest are the ones that have lost all of their hair. The first one we had found was a sex doll. What? what? The head. <laughs> the head. It's written here on my, in well, my notes. Speaking of which, I did not remember, make this up. We've got to remember to take our sex doll to Norfolk with us. Excuse me? For the tarot night. Oh, yes, the blow-up doll. <laughs> the blow-up doll. <laughs> can go back to where it came from. Uh, the first one we found was a sex doll. The head of it. Oh, I, I posted a picture of it and it and I didn't realise what it was. We oh. got a lot of followers on the page after that. <laughs> Wonder what went viral. <laughs> Bloody hell. Oh, in some of the pictures they have shared online, the dolls are just of a head and in others it appears their limbs have been chewed off. Ew. Astonishing, astonishingly, the first doll, remember that's a sex doll, the head of it, um, was found in January 2021 and it was bought by a member of the public for £27. Somebody paid for it. Yep. Mm. I tell you, there's, there's – People there's, will buy anything. Yeah, yeah. We're going down this dark hole. <laughs> I, I know we are. With Mr Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> the money they made from it was donated to a sea rescue program as the team now hopes to sell the rest of their creepy doll collection as the reserve's annual fundraising auction. Idea. Well, great idea, but all of a sudden there's going to be lots more dolls, yes, isn't yes. there? Because now they've got a reason to sell them off. Right. Mr. Tunnel said, there's a lot of nightmares out there. They could definitely be haunted. A recent two-year te- study by the UT Marine Science Institute found beaches along the Texas coastal bend get up to 10 times the amount of washed-up litter as beaches in other Gulf of Mexico states, Mississippi and Florida. I reckon those dolls are coming from that island. Yeah, I reckon they are too. 
<laughs> oh, look now, there guys. You if go. you do have a haunted doll that you would like to send to us, we now have a very our very own post box. You can send it to PO Box two two eight five. Dangar, D-A-N-G-A-R. It's like danger, but with an A-R instead mm-hmm. of an E-R. 2309 New South Wales. And if you have... Send money as well. Yeah, if you have a Barbie doll or something where you would like to create a haunted doll... Oh, yeah, you can just make would, one up. We would love that. Oh, we would love to see your creative juices flow. Yeah, we'll put it in the in the background of our set for when we do our live shows. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> and we can have dangling from ropes I above know. us. <laughs> have a creepy doll collection that has been created by our listeners. Go for it, guys. Go, Go for it. it. Go do, use your best talents. <laughs> and you're back on Spooky Sundays with your hosts Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live Radio. Did you enjoy that, guys? A bit of devil inside. I know the devils. <laughs> <laughs> We've all got a little bit oh, of a devil inside, my don't de- we? My devil's <laughs> Raising its head at the moment, I tell you. And, and I think poor old Renata came in tonight with the devil firmly intact. I did. But I've got a story for you. But this one's going to involve a little bit of our travels as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. So this is a story about Merlin, mm-hmm. right, the magician, and the Arthurian legends. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we tried to visit a couple of places with uh, Arthurian legends, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Where'd we go, Renata? Mm, we, w- we went to Tintagel. We did. On a very windy day. Yeah. And unfortunately, Tintagel was, was closed. closed. <laughs> it seems to be the story of our life, yes. doesn't it? Yeah, there's there's one of our um, Tasmania adventures coming up soon where you'll be able to see just how prevalent this is in our life. <laughs> is it due to the fact that we don't plan terribly well and that we don't look these things up? And how can you pick, how can you know it's going to be a windy day? No, that's true. So we can't blame that that's on us. True. We went there in good faith. Yes. And look, Tintagel has had uh, the this massive staircase. It's a little bit like snakes and ladders when you look mm, at it. Yes. And you go down and you go up and you go down and uh. you go up. And um, over the years, those staircases have become just a little bit more difficult. Yes, and they, they're definitely not for size yeah. 11 feet and, and they, unfit people. They have done a wonderful thing and created this bridge uh, where you can actually get to Tintagel so much more quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it sways a little when it's windy. Mm. And, uh, it moves. The, the day we were there hoping to get on this bridge because I so wanted to go across on this bridge. Yeah, it's my second time there and I've never got to the actual castle part. Yeah. Uh, It was closed. Dang it. (laughs) We'll have to go back again. Yeah. Simple as that. We stayed at a nice pub there though. We did. We did. They, the locals really liked the fact that there were some ghost hunters there and they were telling us all these places to go and we're like, oh, my God, our timetable is so jam-packed yeah. as it is. We cannot add any more. But um, this is to do with um, holy holes and maybe Sa- not, not the sacred bushes, but mm-hmm. um, there is a lot of holy wells in Britain. And since uh, we've gone on the trip, we've we bought a lot of books back. And this is from one of the books that I bought by... Peter Howe, Supernatural Britain, A Guide to Britain's Most Haunted Places. So I bought that while we are over there and we're going to do some research for our next trip and find some really cool places to go to. But this one is a story about elderly Edge Cheshire. That's that's where it's from. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's called The Wizard of Edge. 
Mm-hmm. So apparently there is a story of a farmer traveling 300 years ago from Moberley to Macclesfield where he intended to sell a white mare at the market. On the edge, so I think edge is the, sort of like the name of the, the mm-hmm. town. Yep. He was approached by a wizard who offered to buy the horse from him, but the farmer thought it would fetch a better price if he got it to market in Macclesfield. So he he turned him down. He continued his journey, but discovered he was unable to sell it at market. Mm. Ooh, has mm. the wizard done something? Mm-hmm. So he t- turned around and came back and um, once more was approached by the wizard. I feel like I need this. Hang on. <laughs> I need to find some more. Oh, you know what? I, he was approached by the wizard. <laughs> That's better. That's yes. better. Um, uh, oh, now I've lost my place completely. I got too excited about it all. Um, he he offered to buy the mare again. The stranger led him through the woods towards the rock face. Now you'd think if you're going to say I want to buy the mare, you go yeah sure. Here's your money. Off you go. Mm-hmm. Transaction done. But no, he had to follow him through the woods towards a rock face. And when he touched it, the rock was transformed into a pair of iron gates. Ooh. Oh, the farmer followed the wizard inside a cavern filled with gold and a company of sleeping men and horses. Wow, gold. The wizard... <laughs> Explained. That's like a dishwashing ad. Can you play the other one instead? Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> no, I don't like that one at all. Well, at I'll just all. keep going. Hang yes, on. Yes. All right. The, the wizard explained that these were King Arthur and his knights. Oh. Sleeping until a time when England was in dire need of them. I think that's oh, but now. now. <laughs> think. Time to wake up, Arthur. <laughs> Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> Your country needs you. Um, and wait till you see, real on the country. Anyway, <laughs> when they would awaken and come to the country's rescue, but they were one horse short. Oh. oh. Just one, one pony. And that was why the wizard, whom he knew was Merlin, wanted to buy the farmer's mare. The man took the gold he was now offered and made his escape. As he left the mouth of the cavern, the gates crashed behind him and disappeared into the rock face once more. The gates have supposedly been seen again by a maid servant. Oh. Apparently the men must have needed one other thing. Yes. <laughs> she was locked in there. God, that's bad timing. Yeah, it was. She'd been there with the horse. Um, along the woodland path to the castle rock is a wishing well known as the Wizard's Well, which is said to promote fertility. Um, follow the main path from B5087 until another path branches off at right angles. Turn left here. Follow the path. <laughs> right, okay. So carved, <laughs> carved into the rock above this well yes. says... Drink of this and take thy fill, for the water falls by the wizard's will. Oh. So that's, that's a nice little rhyme. Yeah, this is where the, the girls go into the forest and they go, oh, I had a drink from that well, Dad. I don't know what happened. I mm. must have got pregnant. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was the wizard. Yeah. Sounds a bit like Mary, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You just you use Mary your Smith. outside voice. Mary Mary Smith. <laughs> Oh, 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 Windale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just digging a hole. 
dear. But yeah, that's isn't that a cute little story? It's beautiful. Yeah, but I like how we've got directions because in England, what they do, they have these weird sorts of things where you, you program into your navigator. So this one, it was B5087. Mm-hmm. You pop that in your navigator and it takes you to that spot. Yep, it does. Whereas we would have to yeah. put in um, Street yeah, number, one two three yep. Smith Street yep, Charlestown yep, yep, two yep. two eight seven or whatever it is, yep. um, and then find it that way. You just put in these letters and yeah. numbers. Yep, that's that's astounding. Very yeah. clever, but it's it's really really good. Yeah, yeah. And then there must have been a, a little person that went along there going, "Oh, this one can be A one <laughs> six. This one looks like a C. <coughs> oh, this one's definitely an F." Mm. Uh, yeah, but uh, there was another spot that we went to with the Arthurian legends as well. First off, what was the Tintagel legend? With Arthur? Uh, that's that's where Arthur was born, yes. I believe. Yes, and he yep. was a bit of a uh, one of those illegitimate births as well, wasn't he? Mm. If I remember the story. They don't know exactly who his father was. The wizard. It's probably Merlin. <laughs> and uh, then there was the other place we went to, which was the Dosmery Pool. The Dosmery Pool, yes. Yeah. And what's yes. the story with that one? Um, that's where the Lady of the Lake is supposed to uh, reside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think um, she either got the um, sword yep. or the sword was thrown back in. Yeah. I, can't, I can't remember. That's but where the sword to, lives. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the sword that Arthur was supposed to pull. And that's lived. where we were trying to get outside and go and um, do a, a live by the side of the pool, but it started to hail, yeah. which was then sleet. Yeah. Almost snow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And there was one lady out there walking a dog as if yep. as if it was nothing. Yep. And we're sitting in the car going, It's cold. <laughs> we were whinging. <laughs> we eventually did because it was like it sleeted and then it stopped and then the sun came out and it was beautiful and then it sleeted again. <laughs> Um, so we do have some photos of that, and it's it's actually quite a magical place. It is. And we're back with Anne and Renata on Spooky Sundays. I, I can't help that song. I get very excited, and I go, one way or another, and I bounce in my seat when I, and I sing it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you like that one. I think I've picked all the songs for this week and next week. I'm sorry about that, Renata. Oh, okay. It's all about me. So what are, what are you talking about now? I have actually an Australian ghost story and this comes from a site called strangenation.com.au which I've only recently found. So thank you strangenation.com.au and this is a story that comes from Cooma, New South Wales. Oh, that's where my birth family resides. Yeah, and it's called A Night at the Inn. Ooh. So are we ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm okay. excited for this one. It could have come straight from a horror movie script, a creaky turn-of-the-century hotel, hours of driving rain, two travellers searching for refuge for the night. And for Canberra couple Heidi and Carlos, their accidental destination lived up to the stereotype. As they pulled into the small town, it seemed like any other rural centre – tucked out of sight in the shadow of Brown Mountain, just south of Cooma. Just giving you some sound effects there. Thank you. You're welcome. A century of unemployment, a highway bypass and a badly managed deforestation program had seen the once booming timber town slip into obscurity like so many other New South Wales country towns. Mm. 
Except for those who get lost or want a slow trip to the coast, no one ever really stops over in the town with one petrol station, two hotels and four churches. Did I tell you about my story about Kuma? No. I'll tell you later. Okay. When you've done your story, if we've got time. Mm -hmm. But while 100 years of neglect had taken its toll on the town's main strip, one hotel stood out for its new paintwork and inviting glow, the result of months of painstaking renovation. Oh, I feel sorry for you guys. The 1800s coach house offered an ideal excuse to suspend the hours of driving in the rain, but still lay ahead and indulge in some old-fashioned hospitality. An older couple new to the hotel game welcomed the young travellers and showed them to their carefully restored suite, offering them a dinner of roast beef with all of the trimmings once they had settled. There is nothing like a feast to put one to sleep, and it was not long before the weary couple made their excuses and retired to the old four-poster brass bed with its layers of feathered dunas and made quilts. <laughs> That's just getting them into bed. Yep. No. <laughs> About an hour later, Heidi began to mumble and stir in her sleep. <laughs> nothing unusual in that, for she was an a habitual talker and on occasion sleepwalker, but her partner froze in fear when she suddenly sat bolt upright in dramatic fashion. <laughs> I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for a sound effect. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> there is, was a slight pause, enough to savour the wind outside and a banging door somewhere. Then she spoke. <sighs> "'Twas not I who put the noose about his neck,' Heidi said in a shrill, ringing voice that was clearly not her own. With that, she immediately dropped back from her sitting position and resumed her slumber. When told of her performance upon waking an hour later, her partner unable to sleep, Heidi was disturbed." Whispering about the odd episode as they huddled together, the couple became aware of stirrings outside their door, scrapings and things being moved in the small lounge room that adjoined their suite. Best I've got at the moment. <laughs> Next door were renovations uh, still taking place and they could make out footsteps where there could be none. That's renovations next door. They knew from an earlier glance that the door and the floors themselves were incomplete and tools lay scattered in the darkness in anticipation of the next day's work. (laughs) The owners had retired earlier to their own quarters (sighs) in the nearby cottage. (laughs) Enough! My calling, I should have been a Foley artist. The next morning, the couple discussed the previous night's activities and on overhearing part of the conversation, their hostess interrupted. Did you see the ghost? She said inquisitively. She went on to offer an explanation. Last century, the man of the house had murdered his wife in a fit of rage by throwing her down the stairs. He later hung for the crime, so they supposed. The couple were buried in the Pioneer Cemetery several kilometres down the road. In a quiet, 
matter-of-fact way, she explained that the ghostly residents quite often visited guests as well as the residents, making noise and appearing from time to time in addition to the regular jangling of kettles and pans in the kitchen. Maids are forced to walk up the creaky stair, si- the creaky sideways. Sorry. <laughs> Teethy and Renata, <coughs> get, that, get it happening. Maids are forced to walk up the creaky stairways sideways with both hands gripping to the left-hand rail in account of invisible hands that would try to push them in the small of the back. I reckon I was killed on a staircase in a past life. I'm mm. terrified of walking downstairs. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, interrupted yet again, unlike me. Violent arguments can often be heard emanating from room three despite the fact that it often lays vacant it holds a reputation as the most haunted room in the residence can we go visit yes we can it's only like a seven hour drive (laughs) (laughs) told you i'm not going that way again (laughs) not unless i'm paid Uh, and no one has ever enjoyed a full night's sleep in the mysterious room under the stairs with its strange claustrophobic atmosphere. I think a room under the stairs would be quite claustrophobic. A favourite story revolves around the visit of a young Sydney couple and their five-year-old daughter. They had been sleeping uh, for some time when the husband awoke to see the daughter standing in the doorway of his room staring at him. Sarah, what are you doing up? Go back to bed, he said. The young girl stood unmoved by the father's orders. Sarah, he hissed, not wanting to wake his wife. Sarah, go back to bed now before you wake mummy. Whilst daddy's yelling at her. (laughs) On hearing her name, the mother woke, took one look at the door and said, that's not Sarah. The young girl vanished and with the spell broken, the couple rushed next door only to find their daughter tucked up in a sleeping bed. They left quickly the next morning. It would seem the old coach house is home to more than one ghost and more than one strange encounter. Would the couple go back again? You bet, Heidi said, but not without company. Oh, that's us. They've got to take us. That's a good story. That's a great story. So that's Kuma. That's Kuma. Yeah. I have a little story about my trip to Kuma. Yeah. Um, you'll probably remember it when I start telling it, Renata, but uh, some of our listeners may not have heard this before. This is going back a few years. My husband was working away in China and um, we had a family holiday booked uh, to go skiing um, for, I think, five days or something like that. Anyway, Roman got stuck in China and couldn't get back. So my dear friend Andrew stepped in and he said he'll be my humper until my <laughs> husband comes back. Now humper stands for husband until marital partner arrives. Oh okay. Right so he called himself humper. He, right. he he's hilarious. Um so he he came with us and um we were driving up into the snowy mountains and we stopped at Kuma mm-hmm. to go and have, you know, a little bit of a break, get some food, go to the toilet. And they've got a lovely park there with some uh, facilities, some bathrooms. So Andrew's gone running off to go to the bathroom and he came back really quickly. And I went, geez, that was a quick one. And he went, no, no, I walked into the stall and there was this creepy man standing in a corner sort of um, trying to hide his face. And, and and I've gone into the stall to do a wee because I didn't want to wee in front of him. And there was these videos, these DVDs all across the top of the cisterns on the toilet. And it was like a, a, a video easy for porn. <laughs> There's all these porn <laughs> videos. Somebody had set up shop in the men's toilet in Kuma with a library of porn for sale. 
So as Andrew quickly has a, uh, escaped out of the toilet, the guy's like, hey, would you want anything? <laughs> well, no, no, no one could. Thank you. And bolted. Oh, my goodness. So there we go. Kuma Public Toilets, everyone. <laughs> this was quite some time ago, yes. but what a story. Uh, all right, we're going to head off to a song. It is time. Um, now, if I've got my, my music lined up right, we're going to another bit of a devilish song tonight. But we're going back a little bit further. We're going to Devil Woman, Cliff Richard. Oh, one of my favourites. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Back on Supernatural Sundays with Anne and Renata. How about Spooky Sundays? Supernatural, did I say? Supernatural. Oh, geez. I need another coffee. Can you pop out and make me one? <laughs> what, sure. what show are we on again? Spooky. Spooky, Spooky Sundays. Sunday. Oh, man. Yes, yes. See, us old girls, we're working our little freckles off, aren't we? We are. Are you loving it? Love it because, you know, it, look. There was look, a pause there. Yes. Look. Um, uh, what do they say about the devil's play tools? Um, Ooh, I don't know. We've had so many songs about devils tonight. Anything's possible. <laughs> Something <laughs> about yeah, take my bat and ball and go home. No, it's not that one. Oh, idle hands, idle hands are the devil's play tools. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I think the devil's already got hold of me anyway. <clears throat> I think I'm the one that's um, maybe his tool. I'm his instrument. No. He doesn't have permission for that. Anyway, um, I'm rattling on. Mm-hmm. Would you like to hear about a beastie? Yes. There's this. Oh, I do love these books. This is from the Fortean Times. And then I, I looked it up and found it that this is a, a story that's going around at the moment. And it's 20, 2022. Mm. So it's fresh. Okay. Yeah. Hit me. All right. We're going to be talking about the Goat Man. <gasps> the Goat Man. Oh, definitely not human. And we're back in England for this one. England, where is all the good stuff? Look, I have to say, when we were driving through those roads when it was um, foggy, you could quite conceivably believe that there would be creatures out there that are not of this world. Mm, absolutely. Because it's quite freaky. Anyway, this one, um, apparently this is uh, the witnesses. What they did is they spotted this thing and the first thing they did is got on the internet when they went home onto mum's net and said, asked all the mums, what is this creature? Why would you go to mum's net? That's weird. Anyway, mm-hmm. let me tell you a little bit about it. So this is somebody who's driving along the roads in England in North Northamptonshire at night time. Uh, and she spotted something in the – or they spotted something strange in the headlights. So they've got onto Mum's net and she goes by the name of Galloping High Road. Oh, okay. Galloping High Road mm-hmm. and said, what did we see last night? They went on to describe driving along a road in rural North Hamptonshire around 2am. Oh, we know that's the witching hour, isn't it? Yep. Or is it 3am? Oh, no, they make it up anyway, so it doesn't exist. The previous night, when something crossed the road in front of them, illuminated by their full beam, which we'd call your high beam, um, by their headlights for about three seconds. Now, three seconds is actually quite a long time. They described it as being about the height of a person, maybe about six feet or so, um, but they had short, powerful legs and hips, which seemed to move in a circular 
fluid fashion. So you, you imagine, I, I'm imagining those little wind-up toys where the legs go woo, 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 round yeah. and round and round and round. Um, so this is quite a different description to anything that anyone's described before. They said it was not a deer because it stood on two legs. Hmm. Mm. Not sounding familiar at all. Mm. Anyway, the witness went on to describe the location as being an area with rolling fields and woodland, as many places are in the beautiful England, uh, and the nearest buildings being at least a mile away. The next day they returned to the site and were able to give a better description, saying that whatever it was moved into a wide bowl-shaped field dropping down into a stream, giving more... They, they sort of gave a very precise location. I won't go into that, but it was very near the village of Staverton, um, uh, which was... Uh, Resonantly named village of Shakra. What? Close to the resonantly named village. Oh, I don't know what they're going on about there. They're rabbiting on as I am I. As I am I. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think I might be having some sort of fit. Conniption. <laughs> oh, I'm not quite myself today. I'll um, be somebody else. Oh, oh, who can I be? <laughs> I might be Kylie, Kylie Minogue. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. But no, I put that song on last week. Um, uh, all right. I'm. Um, Really off with the fairies today. <gasps> I said the fairy word. Oh, no. Oh, no, okay. we're good with fairies. Remember, nope, we're good right. with fairies we, now. We've bought an offering for the fairies. Yeah. We've bought a little fairy from, where did we buy her from? Um, Galway. A little yes. fairy in a jar. Yes. I have to say. <laughs> That's not going to be good. A fairy. <laughs> oh, I, I am concerned that we've trapped a fairy from Ireland and brought it to Australia oh, as a no. prisoner. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> It's going to be a bad thing. We didn't think that through, did we? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, fairies. Please don't stuff up our feeds here. Oh. All right, so hey, I'm looking back onto this with the mum set and the galloping high road. Um, now they said that it was definitely not human, more of a mix of goat and deer, but the people came up with some good suggestions on mum's net. Yes. Um, some said it could be a bear, um, but somebody said it could be a wallaby. <laughs> Just stop and think for a second. A wallaby. Where do wallabies come from? Australia. There you go. Um, so they said it's not a goatman, not a slender man or a sasquatch, because those things don't exist. No. According no. to these people. No. Um, it was dark brown in colour, but it's hard to tell because the the colour was washed out in the high beam. Um, they described it as a thin bear with droopy shoulders but wide at the hips. <laughs> Sounds like me. Um, but obviously not a bear in the UK. The closest they can describe it is as a large man goat on hind legs but really stocky ones. Oh. Obviously not that though. Um, gigantic hair is not far off but a six foot one. Now they actually have provided a sketch um, and I don't know, it looks like something off Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. uh, but apparently they, they do actually have some kangaroos and wallabies in England that has, have escaped either zoos or personal collections. Mm -hmm. And they do have them roaming around the place. And if you think of the description of the the hind legs and moving in that circular motion, um, it could be. But they don't run. They they definitely jump. There is no running mm. involved with the kangaroos. I guess when you're looking at something that you kind of can't understand what it is, you may not get the descriptions quite right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so apparently in June 1986, there was another encounter in Norfolk, not Norfolk Island where we are at the moment, where a witness saw a large, long-haired creature with a light grey shaggy coat walking on four legs. That sounds like a dog. On a return journey, the same witness saw the beast rise up on its hind legs like a human, albeit a very hairy human, around eight feet tall. So, I mean, kangaroos can drop down with their their shorter front legs on the ground while they're foraging Mm -hmm. and then stand up erect. And they they can be very, very imposing and tall. Um, I remember poor old Dave Schrader, we went to the zoo at... um, Oh, we took him in Bill Chapel to the one, the koala park, the koala mm-hmm. sanctuary, and there was this big red kangaroo that was in one of the enclosures, and it sort of reared up on its back legs, and it was buff. Yeah, it was. It was like he'd been working out at the gym. Not Dave, the kangaroo, and Dave was quite impressed with <laughs> with this big brute of a kangaroo. So we know that they can get big. But yeah, did you like my story, Renata? Very good. Well, no, I've tried. I tried to nice. dig up some creatures and and all sorts of things for everyone. I hope you're all enjoying our stories. I uh, don't forget you can actually find us on Facebook as well, where there is Anne and Renata frightfully good. Come join our family. But I, I do believe before I get off the microphone and hand over to you, we're going to head to a song before the news. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back, everyone, to Spooky Sundays with your hosts, Anne Rekovich and myself, Renata Daniel. We hope you're enjoying the show this evening. And Anne, guess what? What? I have some movie news. <gasps> movie news? Have the Warrens got another movie out? Uh, no. Oh. But, yeah, some franchises are pushing out another movie because oh. the last one did pretty well. So, so they've eaten some more crap and they're pooping out another one. Yep, yep. So okay. I've actually got two movies to talk about. The first one is another nun movie. Oh, is this the franchise for yes, nuns? Oh, yes. So, they're yep. all traumatised by nuns. Yep. So Warner Brothers have confirmed that The Conjuring Universe will soon expand with a sequel to the 2018 movie The Nun. <sighs> After a sequel was announced back in 2019 last week, movie fans at the CinemaCon in Las Vegas saw a teaser for The Nun 2 and they popped up a sizzle reel confirming oh. that the upcoming movie is still on the cards and likely to premiere within the next year. <gasps> I won't be lining up for that one. Yeah, the Conjuring movie franchise and the teaser um, extend to the Annabelle series and it's loosely based on the real life case files of the American paranormal investigators. You named it. <gasps> Husband and wife team, oh, Ed and Lorraine God, Warren. No. Uh, the 2018 movie, The Nun, serves as a prequel to the movies in the franchise, but its plot is purely fictional. Oh, well, they say that, but people then will go around saying, oh, it's a true story. Yes. <sighs> Hold on. Now, if you want to know more about the Warrens, please listen to our True Hauntings podcast, The Smurls, S-M-U-R-L-S, The Smurls Haunting. This is not stuff that we've made up. This is stuff that has been reported and has been reported in courts. We're not going to say anything more on that. We want you guys to come bring our numbers up on our True Hauntings podcast. Go check it out and don't believe everything that Hollywood serves you up. Right, so set in 1952, more than a decade before the original Conjuring movie, the year that the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research. Um, 
Hold on. Oh, no. No, don't tell me it did it again. It's the fairies. <laughs> no? No, 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 no. <clears throat> Oh, she's just got to get her radio voice on. So the, the nun, sorry, the nun followed Father Burke, a Roman Burke, a Roman Catholic priest. A Roman Catholic Burke? Yes. And a nun named Sister Irene. Oh, it wasn't Sister Mary. Who, who, it wasn't who Sister Mary sent, Joseph. Who was sent to the Abbey of St. Carter in Romania. Yeah, all oh, good things we've been in Romania. there. We've yeah. been there. To investigate reports that the two nuns living there have been attacked by a supernatural force. Mm. They slowly discover that the evil force behind the incident is a demonic nun. Oh, oh this is going to be good. Although not technically based on... On a true story. Oh, not Fancy that. Not technically. What does that mean by not, not technically, technically? Not technically based on a true oh. story like other movies in the franchise. What? What? <laughs> the idea of a ghostly nun comes from the Warrens' investigation of Borley Church during a trip to England. Hang on. Borley Rectory? Is that the Borley that we did the True Hauntings podcast yeah, no, on? this is the church next to the rectory. Yeah, yeah. Right. A phantom nun was said to have haunted the grounds of the famous rectory clo- located close to the church. The rectory was destroyed by fire and demolished in 1944, but it's since been said that the nun continues to haunt the church next door. Yeah. Remember, the church is closed. You have to actually ask for the And the locals have in. all taken the signs to Borley down so people can't find it because they're That's sick right. of people coming and have a look. That's right. So back in 2018, the nun took a massive 365 million at the box oh, office. We're in the wrong job, Renata. Driven by Valak, the demonic nun played by Bonnie Ahrens. It's not yet known if Bonnie will return for the sequel, as no cast details have yet been announced. Oh, it's good money if you get a sequel because they they really like to try and keep the same person, and um, so you can ask for a bit more. Bit more meat on the the check. Mm-hmm. Not that I've ever had that experience, but yeah, mm. I've been told. But also, I have another story about a movie that's coming out. Oh, and Nadia is so full yeah. of information. So following the success, thank you, Higgy Pop. Following the success <laughs> of Ghostbusters Afterlife, Sony Pictures have announced that they are planning a new movie in the Supernatural franchise. Oh, I loved Afterlife. There were so many nods to the original Ghostbusters in there. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hold oh, on. Come on. I've, I've lost we, my page we, again. We <laughs> <laughs> Remember, this is live radio, Renata. We can't. I'll, I'll keep filling. Da, 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 da. Ah, okay, 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 okay. We don't even know if Jason Reitman will take on directing duties again as he did in the 2021 film, which took $44 million in its domestic box office debut. While its earnings are comparable to Paul Feig's all female reboot Afterlife won back the hearts of fans. Yeah. So it really didn't do that well. Oh really? No, forty four million. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't be sad about that. So that um, depends how much it costs to make it. Yeah, Kerry Coon starred in the 2021 movie as a single mother who moves into her recently deceased father's rural home with her two children, Phoebe and Trevor. Yeah, so that's the plot of The Afterlife, yeah. So while adapting to life in Somerville, the kids go on a journey to uncover the lost legacy of their grandfather, original Ghostbuster Egon Spengler. Yeah. 
I love how they've got so many of the original characters back in this one. Yeah. And of course, Spengler is the the one who has died of the original Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. So um, they they covered that quite nicely, I felt. So the movie, which also starred Paul Rudd in the role of the local school teacher, saw the new generation of Ghostbusters battle a series of paranormal events that seemed to be emanating from an old mine in a small town. Although the movie revolved around Phoebe, Trevor and their classmate, known as podcast there were some iconic blasts from the past to the form of bill murray ernie hudson signori sigourney sigourney and annie potts <laughs> and an emotional tribute to the legendary late harold ramus yeah oh. The Ghostbusters Afterlife left plenty of room for a sequel. The movie ended with a post credit sequence featuring Ernie's character, now a successful businessman, who has been paying the rent of the Ghostbusters' former firehouse HQ, but more importantly, keeping oh. check on the ecto-containment by the unit. Way, by the way, everyone, spoilers. Too late now. <laughs> No, that's okay. I only just watched it a that's couple it. of weeks ago. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. So we've got two big movies coming out. Oh, I know which, which one I'm going e- to. you can expect over the next year. You've got another Ghostbusters coming out. Mm-hmm. And you have The Nun. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Um, what did you think of Afterlife? I loved it. You loved it? Yeah, it was nice and I've fun. Had, I've had a lot of people say that they hated it and I... I I think they were trying to take it all too seriously. Yeah, and look, so traditionalist that, you know, the uh, the only way you can do it is, and you can't do it because one of the characters has now passed, yeah. is to stay true to the original. Yeah. And um, you just you can't recreate that anymore. I reckon they've done a, a really good job of it. Everyone poo-pooed the females when the female Ghostbusters yeah. were out. And it was very corny. They yeah. could have done a little bit better with the with the storyline. I do agree. Yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't mind the females going up I'm there happy, and giving it a crack. I'm, ha- I'm happy to have any of the Ghostbusters franchise keep wandering around. Look, we need to head off to a song, Renata. Spooky Sundays may have sent the spirits your way, but remember, consult a human professional before making that life-changing decision. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Spooky Sundays. Oh, you've got the right name. With your hosts, Anne Rekovich and Renata Daniel. And Anne, I believe you have a bit of a, a story. I do, but, you know, we we are very light-hearted in, in what we do and uh, we like to have a laugh, but there are some things that we take very seriously. Now, on our recent trip to Ireland... We met up with uh, one of our friends, Danielle, one of the Grand Poo Bars, one of our Patreons, and also just a great friend. Uh, and she had sort of given us some suggestions of places we could go and visit. Mm-hmm. And um, while we were plotting and planning one evening over a cider or a, um, a, what's the other thing that they drink there, the beer? Guinness. Guinness. <laughs> I had I had one taste of that, and I went, "No, yeah. that that's yeah, yeah, no, you can carve that." <laughs> um, so we, she mentioned something called Tum, T U A M, Tum, and she said she wasn't sure whether she really wanted to go visit there or not because she was worried it might disturb her too much. Mm-hmm. Well, of course that piked our interest, didn't it? Mm-hmm. So we asked her to tell us what was, what it was all about. And apparently it is one of Ireland's um, 
most embarrassing secrets that has come to the surface. Mm-hmm. And in Tomb, there was a uh, unwed mother and baby home. Mm-hmm. So there was a fair la- few lasses there that may have got up the duff. And um, the this particular location was run by the Bon Secure nuns and they would take them in and care for them, give them some refuge because we're, we're talking the, it was the late 1800s to the 1930s, if I remember correctly. Um, and... Uh, they, in those times, if a woman became pregnant um, and they were not married uh, in the what was the very heavily Catholic Ireland then, mm-hmm. would treat you quite differently, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was absolutely your fault. And um, it didn't matter whether you were raped <clears throat> or um, you. Uh, weren't aware because you may have been, you know, under the weather at the time and somebody's mm-hmm. had their way with you or um, whether you just made a mistake or, or whatever it was that you were just the scum of the earth. But what was lower than that, what lower than the act you had created was the, the baby you had created. Mm. They were considered to be abomination mm-hmm. in God's eyes, mm-hmm. these poor little kitties. Yep. Um, so she had said to us that this particular home in Tomb, um, they, they seemed to have missing children. Mm. Well, it was where women who found themselves in this position could reach out. Uh, and the thing was that the, the, um, the, the place um, advertised itself as somewhere that would look after mother and baby yep. um, until baby was born. And, and then get them on their feet. Get them on their feet and, and give them a home, um, a sort of a home um, to help and assist them. Because, I mean, you know, sex education wasn't something talked about either no. in those days. Uh, and so a, a lot of these women would have no idea what to do with a child. No. So having someone there with a loving heart that was going to, um, you know, tell them, well, now you you have to feed your baby like this and this is what you do with nappies and all of this sort of stuff. It, it was really somewhere where women believed that they would find a sanctuary. Yeah, because they were disowned by their families quite mm. often and they, nobody wanted to have anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, there, there were cases of uh, mothers would give birth to the baby and they weren't allowed to look at the child and they were told the baby had died and um, just to you know, go back out into the world and get on with your life. Mm. Um, there were cases of uh, some mothers, they were allowed to see their babies in the morning, if I remember correctly, and in the evening to feed and change them. Um, and then the nuns would look after them during the day. But uh, sometimes the mothers would look after their kitty in the morning, they'd go off to work and they'd come home and they'd be told, I'm sorry, your child died during the, the day. And then the door was shut in their face and they wouldn't find out anymore Mm. and there was one particular lady who had realized that there were death certificates for 796 children who had died in the mother and baby home uh, that basically incarcerated the unwed mothers and they didn't know where they were Mm. they had death certificates for Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. um, various ways that they had died but where were the bodies yes so she started to look into it And what they found, now guys, this is just a warning for a trigger warning here. This is going to get very dark and nasty. Um, 
So I would turn off now, quickly go get yourself a cuppa and come back. But these nuns were... Now, I don't even have to say allegedly because they were. This Mm. has happened. Mm. They were either stealing the babies and selling them to wealthy adoptees in other countries. Um, Sometimes there were mothers who were forced to sign adoption certificates Mm -hmm. because they they told them they'd put them out in the street or whatever and um, or told them that they would be able to see their children again. Yes, yes. And so adopted for a short period of time. Yeah, but that's until not mum, what it was. Yeah, until mum got onto her feet and then she could have her baby back. Yep. yep. But the worst of it was that uh, there were some boys playing in the area because there's now a children's play area there and they were doing some um, – they were knocking down the old houses. Anyway, the, the boys found this cement slab, I do believe, and they, they moved it across and what they found below was little skeletons of children and apparently the, there were some deaths or they were murdered – And the babies were stacked inside a sewerage well. Not even a a well, it was sewerage. And they quickly, of course, called in the police and they went and had a look at it and um, nobody wanted to know about it. Nobody wanted to know how did these little skeletons get down there. And they had um, a forensic team come in to determine. Now, I saw it on, there is a TV show called Missing Children. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that we are paranormal investigators. We are ghost hunters. And we went to this location. But we do not investigate because it's not appropriate. There are still families out there who are hurting from this national tragedy. And it didn't happen just in Tomb. It happened all over Ireland, but in also other countries where uh, unwed mothers weren't allowed to um, bring these abominations into the world. And I am one of those abominations. I was from an unwed mother. It explains a lot about me. But there we saw... Oh, see, we've got spooky sound effects. Well done. Thanks, Renata. Just uh, dig around and find that phone. I'm building up to a climatic moment here and you've got spooky sounds. I'm saying it's not appropriate to have spooky sounds. So um, these these uh, sewers were like, um, I'd say about 60 centimetres long and about 20 centimetres wide. And the forensic team sort of got some equipment and dug down into there and they pulled up some of the bones and it did show that it was human remains of children. Now, they've made a little um, area at Tomb, which is very hard to find um, to honour these babies uh, and the missing children that were taken from these parents. And some of these these people have only just found out the last couple of decades that their babies, their children are still alive somewhere or that they had been murdered. And it's just, I came out of that so angry. I just wanted to, yeah, I, I don't I don't want my emotions to let me to run amok because I did go to a Catholic school and I've got a lot of angst towards that as it is. But in the name of God, these children were murdered. And that is just so wrong. But what makes it even worse is that to this day, these babies are still there. 
they haven't removed the bodies because the Bon Secours nuns don't want to know about it. They've got a multi-million dollar successful industry still running and um, the only thing that they said was uh, the nuns there weren't uh, acting on their Christian duties at the time. Anyway, if you want to know more about this particular story, it's Tomb, T-U-A-M, and you can look it up on the internet. There is a show called The Missing Children, but to honour them now, we're going to go to a song, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, by Katie Lang. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back, everyone. And uh, you are listening to Spooky Sundays with Anne Rekovich and Renata Daniel. And we have in the studio our fabulous fairy. Did you mention the F word? I was going to say you said I the did. F word. I did. I no. did. I did. It's Miss Christie from Spells and Spirits. And we're going to have to work out how to bring that into the studio. Yeah. Well, I'll talk to Bonnie and say, Bonnie, we need that on tap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get out of bed for anything less. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. It seats you down to the ground. <clears throat> okay. What is the topic? Well, I'm, I'm hoping we're finishing off what we started last week. Oh, yes. We're under part two. The chakra. Yes. yes we, were, we were talking about the heart chakra. Yes. Do you want to just touch lightly on the heart oh. chakra before okay, we hold go on. further up? Not, not, no, not on yours. Oh, not, not too hard. Mm. Okay, so last week we went through the bottom three physical chakras, so the root chakra, sacral and solar plexus, and we touched briefly on the heart chakra, which is the link between the bottom three chakras and the top three chakras. So the heart chakra um, is all about our love, compassion, kindness, um, our love for ourselves, our love for others, and feeling connected in this world. And that's actually blocked by grief or sadness. Um, and unsuppressed grief and sadness does turn into anger, so blocked by anger as well. And there is actually a medical condition called broken heart syndrome with people who are holding all that in so tight that they actually cause themselves to break their heart, literally. Yeah, and look, even like, you know, doing body work, so doing massage on people and things like that. So, you know, as an intuitive healer and an empath, when I do massage people on their back, I can really feel when that is, there's a lot being held onto there. It actually sometimes feels like it's an overturned plastic bowl over their heart. So this really hard shell. Oh, really? Um, that people people don't want to... They don't want to crack it because they feel if, you know, they start crying, they might actually never stop, you know, open those floodgates to emotion. But a lot of times we just need to open it little by little and to release that so we're not feeling so tight and constricted. Because it's not only um, allowing yourself to feel vulnerable, but allowing yourself to be loved. And that's a hard thing. So, um, And that starts with self-love. And that's the hardest love as well that a lot of people um, don't get to or Mm. can't get to. Mm. And that's linked some to the soul. Some people are very places. good at self love, and some people are not, and they're very <laughs> counter dependent. I've upset Renata already. Okay, so we're going to move on. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Quickly, because Ed's being naughty again. All right. So from our heart, we then move into our throat chakra. So obviously, that is located in our throat, and that resonates with truth, and it is blocked by lies. So not just lies that we tell to ourselves, and that we tell ourselves lies all the time. So when we go to bed at night, we go, "I'm going to get at six o'clock in the morning and go for a run." As soon as we don't do that, we 
we've lied to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you may as well not just make plans I'm like that. I'm going to start diet on Monday. You don't. <laughs> you've lied to yourself. That's right. And so it's not just, like I said, those lies we tell to ourselves. And it's not really about lies that we accept from other people. It's about also not living a life that's true to ourselves. So not, um, you know, we might be passionate about, I don't know, nuts we could be even passionate about nuts and you know what i could be growing nuts and that's all i want to do but you know what i'm just going to work my nine to five job like my family expects me to do yeah or um things like this is something that we probably do is that we think there's far too much plastic in the world and it's all dreadful the plastic and but we go to the stores and we happily take plastic straws or plastic plates and we don't do anything about it. That's right. So, you know, um, I was only thinking about this today, actually, because I use disposable wooden toothbrushes and I just think about the landfill. Actually, I was looking at um, case numbers and how many home tests that were done and I think about all of that plastic waste from all of those. You know, like, yeah, let's save the straws but create this amount of plastic for something else. So, you know, I guess if that was... You know, if you're really passionate about not using plastic, then that would be one thing that, um, you know, you'd have to work around. Um, and also it's about setting healthy boundaries for yourself as well. So what is acceptable for you and what lines that I guess you wouldn't um, allow to be crossed. So a good crystal for the throat chakra is um, blue calcite. So it's a beautiful sort of sky blue colour, um, which is really good for that. I always think about like a nice, cool, clearing breath in through your throat um, to help clear that chakra. The next one is the third eye chakra. So that's located in the middle of your forehead wall, just sort of like between your eyebrows. And that resonates with insight and clarity. And so it's actually blocked by illusion. So when we say illusion, it's like illusions about yourself or the illusion that we actually are all separate because we are all connected. So energetically, we are connected physically, but also in a spiritual way as well. So understanding that you are never alone, that we are all one. So, you know, a lot of people, I guess, even through this whole lockdown period have felt really isolated and alone, Mm -hmm. but knowing that we're not. Everyone is isolated and alone. That way we're all together. (laughs) But But in a spiritual sense, we are all connected. So we should never have those feelings of loneliness. So a really good crystal for our third eye. Um, so I'm not going to talk about opening our third eye and astral projecting and no, all of those a, things. Do another topic day on that one. Yeah. So it is actually labradite. So a really good crystal. Oh, yes. We talked about that, that a few weeks back. Yeah. Just sort of. You couldn't see it, but I've got wearing one at the moment. I was trying to stick it on my third eye. Mm. And lastly, we have our crown chakra. So that's located on the top of our head. And that is our spiritual connection. And is a and it is blocked by earthly attachment and addiction. So not just substance addiction like alcohols and drugs. We can carbs. be yeah, addicted carbs. to carbs. Oh, but God. addicted to food, we can be addicted to people. We can be addicted to things. We can be addicted to emotions drama. and feelings. Some people are addicted to drama. They've, they've, got, to they've be, got to have it. Yeah, and they're, uh, they're, you know, one thing I realised I was addicted to there at one stage was being a martyr. Mm-hmm. That, oh, I have to do so much for everyone and I was baked. I don't. Mm. I just like to let everyone know. Yeah. So I've got rid of that. Good. But, yeah, so releasing those, all those earthly attachments and, you know, just really surrendering and flowing and life is really about trusting that connection that we have to spirit. So just that knowing 
and that guiding. So, you know, either whether you're connecting to God's source, your higher self, whatever it is for you to achieve intergalactic oneness, you know. Oh, intergalactic. That's actually Ace Ventura, so. <laughs> I was doing light language there, sorry. Let's talk about things that trigger. Okay, so the last part of that is then the the crystal. I think I'm hold on, I need to hold the people. hold the paper up. Is the crystal for your crown chakra is amethyst. Amethyst. So that beautiful purple light. So you know you can just imagine that stream of light coming from the top of your head, connecting up through the universe to your higher self. Plug in. Okay, plug I'm in. ready to drop my cord and plug in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and, you. Yeah, and it's look in the end it is very cyclical because being too grounded sometimes doesn't allow you to fantasize to dream and to give you a sense of what can be um in your reality if you allow it. Being too high up in that crown chakra all the time uh, also means that sometimes you're just off with the fairies all the time and people need to bring you down. <laughs> Spellsandspirits.com.au. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christy, for joining us this evening. Sorry, I've just pushed in on the microphone there. Um, we will be back next week with Crispy and another fascinating episode of Magical Moments. What could it be? I don't know. Thank now you. let's go to a song. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's been an interesting episode today. We've had devils. We've had um, creatures. We have. We've had Christie's G-Spot. Yes. Which I've probably called it Magical Moments then because that was pre-recorded. <laughs> we'll get there. We've had um, Kuma ghost stories and, yeah. and yeah. a library of porn. Yeah. And we've had very, very serious dark story about the babies yes. in tomb. Um, yes. But uh, right now we're... In Norfolk Island, kicking mm-hmm. up our heels with a bunch of awesome people. Mm-hmm. We are, and we're going to be there next weekend as well. Uh, and then we sort of drop back into the real universe in June, and we um, will be back in studio every weekend um, from then on in until we until we get the next better offer. Yeah, until- <laughs> Until someone says, hey, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. We've, I've just discovered I've still got some more flight credits I've got to use. I've got so many flight credits from the, the past two and a half years where we almost got somewhere. So we've got some for Perth. Mm-hmm. We've got some for Adelaide. We've got one for LA and we've got one for New Orleans. Yes. So much excitement to come. We've got to spend it all in the next six months. Mm. Yes. <laughs> So, yes, we look um, from us once again. We hope you um, have enjoyed this episode and that the week ahead is bright and shiny. Please continue to support us, even though we are not in studio. We need to keep those numbers up um, on these podcasts, uh, on these radio shows to be here with you guys. And, um, geez, when we arrive back from Norfolk Island, we're going to have even more stories to share. Yeah. And look, if you want some more Anne and Renata, you can't get enough of us. Don't forget there is our YouTube series as well. We've got Anne and Renata's misadventures over there. Um, There's more and more videos going up from our Tasmania visit. We'll hopefully have some going up from our London visit. 
Um, where else have we been? We've got some going up from Norfolk Island. And there's also the True Hauntings podcast. Don't forget about that one. Uh, and look, this has now been turned into a podcast as well. So if you are enjoying it, please, if you can leave a review wherever you're listening to it, leave a review. Give us a five-star one if you're feeling up to it and say some nice words. You've got no idea how much joy that brings Renata and I when we see somebody say something nice about the work that we're doing. And um, subscribe. You hit that thing where you subscribe and share it around. Tell more people about it. Absolutely. So, um, until next week, au revoir. See you later. And um, remember, we'll see see you on on the the dark dark side side and stay spooky. Bye. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.